Hey everyone, uh, real quick, this is Tim Blevins, um, and this is also normally uh, 20th Century Pop, uh, the show where we try to understand the present while living in the past, um, except for today, when uh, instead uh, we're presenting a little preview of a, of a new podcast, um, What's That Song? It's a five-day-week deep dive into the discography of uh, The Replacements um, that I will be hosting starting uh, this coming Monday, April 27th. Uh, so that's today. Well, the preview of it um, is, is today. And then next Thursday, uh, 20th Century Pop returns with me and Bob and Tom Hanks. Uh, one of those three as the topic that the other two uh, will discuss. Hey, everyone ever, and welcome to What's That Song? track-by-track tour through the only uh, discography that matters. My name is Tim Blevins, and I just listened to If Only You Were Lonely, B-side to the two-song 1981 single I'm In Trouble. Uh, There's a link in the show notes so you can hear it yourself, after which I'll still be here talking about The Replacements. Drunk. Cowardice. Masturbation. Thematically, that was me, circa my mid-twenties and late-twenties and part of my thirties. And two Christmases ago at at my parents, they are the key words to how I once approached uh, dating, or, or more specifically, wanting to date, or sadly, misinterpreting that one night stands were achievable. Yeah, and that that achievement would uh, soundtrack itself into long-term drama. True Love has portrayed on a mixtape, and that mixtape, like like any mixtape, unspooled with at least one life lesson mangled uh, by the muttering of The Replacements. Um, I discovered the replacements out of order and at varying ages. So so my relationship with their discography, it's it's like a shuffled deck. And one of the more, what, wild cards of that horrible analogy is, is their very first record release, uh, 45 of their very first debut single, uh, I'm in Trouble, coupled with, at least for the 1990s, um, an obscure and uh, difficult-to-find B-side entitled uh, If Only You Were Lonely. It was a staple of their live shows, so I had it on a bootleg, but I never paid it much attention. Um, it wasn't on an album release, and, and th- despite the fact that uh, eBay had helped me build a four-panel piece of wall art from their original uh, twin-tone releases, I-, I never sought a copy of this two-song single. And, you know, even if I had it, it would have just been for the bragging rights of, uh, of some completist. Truthfully, as a song, I'm just not really drawn to it. If Only You Were Lonely makes of itself the same misdirect I initially made of the band in that it's pretty much solo Paul Westerberg. Him, his guitar, and, and, and the hungover fumes of a surprisingly sharp basement demo. Uh, that's not to say it was recorded at his home, but you know it definitely sounds clear and has studio quality. Um, it's also more that, uh, you know, for a four-piece band that was just making its mark, uh, this two-song selection uh, should have unveiled their flannel scruff identities. 
And, and you sort of get all of them. I mean, the first two minutes and 11 seconds of this 45 is a rapid and rousing youth gone wrong B movie. Um, and that's what would have gotten the single into the demographic hands of what disenfranchised punks bundled in beer to catch their favorite noise in the din of a community ashtray doubling as a, as a performance space. See, 1981 uh, was a good year to be malcontent, I'm told. I mean, I, I was four in one of the more rural parts of small-town Connecticut, but multiply that by itself and stranded in Minneapolis, and you'd be tacking up mimeographed flyers for basement shows that would never pass code. Uh, the suicide machines and, and the suburban commandos were making noise that mattered, and these replacements— whose median age averaged to 19, aimed to be part of this. So if you had that friend who was telling you about the band that struggled through a Buzzcocks cover uh, with an eighth grader on bass, you'd at least remember their name. And when that name showed up on a paper-thin sleeve at the local record store, you'd at least be interested. But after you brought it home, having spun it on your turntable... That initial burst of uh, expectation would be burst by the strange twang of uh, an alien transmission. You know, what, was this acoustic? Was, was this a ballad? Was this country? I was predisposed not to like country music. Um, and, and maybe that's not genetic, as The Gambler played a lot uh, growing up. But I was no fan of the genre. And this song had that certain twang. There was the gal glimpsed from the spinning POV of a bar stool, but instead of some drawl in a gallon or two hat, you know, our cowboy spills his first shot with postmodern desperation. I ain't very good, but I get practice by myself. That line from the song uh, can be interpreted two ways, both with the inclination of a self-service uh, hand job. The closer to romantic one is that he's not the kind of guy to normally uh, approach a lady. Uh, sure, he can daydream, fantasize, and, 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 and practice in front of a mirror, but to actually cross over to her, you know, that's worth a heroic mention. See, he blanked on his come on and instead bared his soul, acknowledging that she's far out of his league. It's a pedestal engraved as a compliment, now bearing the added weight of our rom-com uh, protagonist. That's exactly the sort of self-indulgence my 20-something self could really get behind. You know, pre-packed humility meant to win over whatever insert girl here I, I was inserting. But that lyric, I ain't pretty good, but I get practice on myself, could just as easily be the defeat of uh, never leaving the bar stool. And look, I'm not applauding the deluded flirtation I previously detailed, but if you're going to ask the audience to sympathize, the least you can do is take the risk. Instead of staying put to script any ingenue's response without offering a hint that, uh, you know, you're even into them. That's just rehearsing both parts and filing away with a bunch of other unproduced episodes. And of course, those episodes need a soundtrack. And with this one labeled a replacement song, I eventually got around to using it. But calling If Only You Were Lonely a replacement song, is that an accurate label? Uh, not, not really. I mean, 
There's no Bob hiked up in a skirt, no reflection of Chris glimpsed in a high hat, and I really can't imagine it would have kept the attention of um, eighth grade Tommy. No, this song is a solo outing for the intoxicated insight of one Paul Westerberg, who apparently gets a last name. I came to this song late and was already singing the praises of Paul Westerberg's solo career. In fact, the years I spent amassing the Matt's studio catalog were pretty much bookended by his first and second solo album. So I was kind of just... So I kind of just tacked this song onto his ongoing oeuvre. It was a subtle curiosity of his creative development, uh, memorized onto a secondhand collection of demos and, and rarities. The Paul Westerberg I knew dealt in waggish wordplay and, and neurotic insight, and, and with that as a filter, you know, if only you were lonely, became a parody of genre. You could play with the conventions of country to illustrate how unheroic its narrator was. Um, such a reinterpretation, such a reinterpretation, how do we pronounce that? Such a reinterpretation uh, almost grants the song a sudden maturity. I mean, I say almost because this song is not actually that reminiscent of a solo artist in his 30s. It was written to be uh, the forgotten ballad of an otherwise punk band. Something for its author to whisper while the world misconstrued him as a drunk. I mean, no one in 1981 was going to listen to Paul Westerberg's sentimentality. So despite his lyrical leanings... He had to self-serve himself up as something more crass. But for being a song I'm really not that crazy about, If Only You Were Lonely, pretty much sums up what I was finding in The Replacements. See, I wasn't a punk kid, but I, I liked punk music, so I stabbed safety pins into my tattered coat as a way of passing through that venue. And, you know, during the show, I would hold a stool at the bar and magnify my alcoholism through well-worded ramblings meant to hold anyone's attention. It was all very romantic to me. And I leveraged that romance with a sort of self-serving poetry that kept actual insights at, 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 at a safe distance. Uh, when the show was over, I could finally go home you know, and, and once there, I could curse why I was alone, spinning out to some lyrics by the band that knew me best. Somewhere there's a smile with my name on it, are the closing lines to this one, uh, if only you were lonely. And that bit of ownership they express was my own sentiment towards the band. I had decided, through the grand design of what I had already heard, that, that, that this band was to be my life uh, story. That every word stitched to music and sequenced by album could be laid out in illustration of what it meant to be me. That meant sometimes fudging things a bit, you know, to fit the content. But, but hey, as, as long as it's saved on any actual human interaction, you know, so that you, by yourself in that corner, if you already liked the band, wouldn't you already like me? You know, just let me slur their words instead of my own and pretend that that's enough to be drunk, cowardice, masturbation. That was pretty much if only you were lonely. If only I'd learned to play guitar. 
Well, there you have it. Sort of a prelude episode to the podcast. And that podcast airs five days a week, uh, Monday through Friday. So, uh, you know, check it out at the Not A Holograms homepage, uh, nahpods.com. Or, uh, you know, better yet, why not subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. That way you, you get a new episode each day that they, you know, that they go up. Uh, you know, look, listen, I, look, listen, look, listen. Uh, sure, whatever. I, I'm, I'm just trying to tell you I'm excited uh, to make my way through every song, uh, the replacements ever recorded. I, I know what I think about a couple of them, but this is going to be interesting to, to me. Um, I'm going to enjoy, I, I, yeah, I'm going to enjoy analyzing it, analyzing them, you know, and exploring them. And I, I'll be kind of curious to what, uh, what you think about it, about them. So, uh, you know, drop me a line. I'm on Twitter at subcultist, also on Instagram, uh, Instagram at subcultist, or you can email me at, uh, subcultist at gmail.com. Look, uh, there's going to be some bumps along the way, like today's episode, but uh, being here at the ground level, you know, means it can only uh, go up. Uh, What's That Song starts on Monday, April 27th, Uh, so I'll be talking, you know, regardless. And maybe, maybe you'll be there too? Eh. Ugh.